Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. found before you dear Lord indeed it is a privilege that we are here in your house father we do not take it for granted and if we have oh God we pray Lord that you forgive us tonight Lord we pray give us purity in our hearts and in our minds we pray Lord that you will give us receptive hearts for your word. We pray, Lord, that your word shall come forth and let it accomplish the purpose, the purpose for tonight's word. May that purpose be accomplished in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask for your help and your assistance. You know our inadequacies. We pray, Lord, that you fill every area where we fall short. And let your word bring us blessings tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. I think it's good. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. Well, tonight we are hoping to conclude the message that we have been sharing for a long time. I hope by the grace of God we'll be able to conclude. Um, I have been blessed by this message. I believe that um, this is a very, very important message. It's a very simple message, but I think it is one of the most important messages that every Christian will hear or would have access to. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to listen to the messages over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Listen to the messages over and over and over again. There is a reason why we have to listen to messages several times. Hallelujah. You know, whenever you hear a message, whenever you hear a message, you may think that you have the message. You may think that you have received the message, but um, you are, you will not know until you keep listening to the message. You will not know how much is there in the message until you continue listening to it and listening to it and listening to it. And until you do that, you will lose a lot of blessings from the message. Hallelujah. Until you do that, you will not even get a taste of what God intends for you in that message. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? See, that is why you are encouraged to listen to messages. That is why you are always encouraged to listen to messages. And sometimes it becomes a challenge to listen to it again and again and again. But 
make an effort to listen to the message over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Make the effort. You see, the message, which is a seed, which is the word of God, is sown into your life. Do you understand? You know, the Bible says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Amen. Amen. It says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Do you see? And it says that we are also God's husbandry. Do you understand? We are God's garden. Now, if you are God's garden, that means seeds must be planted into the garden. If you see a beautiful garden, it means that it has been tended. If you see, some of you have not seen gardens before, or you have not ever worked on a garden, you are a dadaba type of child who has never had a need to put your hands in gardens. So you don't know. But it's a blessing to have a garden. I say it's a blessing, it's a blessing to have a garden. Amen. So endeavor that you have a garden. Amen. Amen. Now when you have a garden, when you see a beautiful garden, it means that it has been tended. The things ought to be sown in the garden. You have to plant good seeds in the garden. Do you understand? If you don't plant good seeds, something else will grow in the garden. Weeds will grow in the garden. But when you plant the seeds... The seeds will not just germinate and become beautiful flowers. It ought to be watered. Do you understand? The seed is the word of God. And it ought to be watered. And it ought to be watered. Now you'll see, you'll realize that the seed is very important. Do you understand? The seed is very important. And so is the watering of the seed. In fact, they are the same. They are equally important. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Now the watering is equally important as the seed itself. Do you understand? So if you keep hearing and hearing and hearing, you are watering the seed. You are watering the seed. And once you do that, that is when God brings the increase. Otherwise, you may assume that, oh, I have heard the message and that's it. And you will not receive an increase. It needs watering. Hallelujah. It needs watering. And that is why sometimes when we are sharing a message like this, we go over and over and over again. And sometimes as you are sitting there, you feel like, oh, can he move on? Isn't that so? You feel like, can he move on? We have... It's not grievous that I'll repeat what I taught you again. To visit you again is to repeat it and I'll repeat it again. If there is such a thing as repeat again, it's not grievous at all. Hallelujah. And so I will share with you and share and share until you get it. Until I see increase in your life. Amen. But I look forward to an increase in your life. I am waiting to see increase in your life. There will be testimonies here. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So today we want to Continue on the message, fight the good fight of faith. And I think we came to a stage where we are sharing about the enemies of faith. 
the enemies of faith. Why don't we read our foundational scriptures? First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Why don't we all read it together? One, two, three, go. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hallelujah. Read the first sentence again. Read the first sentence. One, two, three, go. Fight a good fight of faith. Again. Fight a good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. It says, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. What we have professed is a good profession. We will fight to lay hold on our faith. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. Say, I have fought a good fight. Say, I have fought a good fight. Who has fought a good fight? Or who is fighting a good fight? Yes. We are fighting a good fight. Amen. But Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Now, this good fight, when you are done fighting, what is going to be left in your hand or the crown that you are going to receive is the crown of faith. Amen. Amen. You will keep your faith. Hallelujah. So we say that this fight is a good fight. Now, if there is a fight, we have said that then there must be an enemy. Amen. You can fight all by yourself. If there is a fight, then there must be an enemy. There is an enemy who is fighting for your faith. There is someone who is competing to take your faith or fighting to take your faith away from you. Hallelujah. Is that Salom? Okay. Seems to have a new look there. Amen. So, we begin to talk about the enemies of our faith. The enemies of our faith. And I think I have given you some few enemies. The first one, what did we say? We say lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. When we don't have knowledge about the word of God, the enemy will take our faith. When we don't know the promises of God, the enemy will take away our faith. Hallelujah. When we don't know what God has in store for us, the enemy will take our faith. Amen. And so lack of, any, lack of knowledge is one of the enemies of faith. Now, bear in mind that there are several enemies of faith, but I'm just highlighting the important ones to you, and I believe even through these important ones, we've talked about several different forms or shades of um, the enemies of faith, if you have been listening very carefully and very closely. Hallelujah. Amen. 
The second one, what did we say? Doubt. Doubt is a great enemy of faith. Doubt kills the power of God. When we have doubt, it nullifies the power of God. When we have doubt, we can be in the midst of the power of God and we will not have a taste of it. Hallelujah. When we have doubt, Jesus will stand right in front of you. You see, Peter, Jesus was right in front of him. Jesus was right there with Peter and told him to come. But when doubt came in him, and you see, sometimes we will not even know that it is doubt. You see, Peter was afraid of the storm. Peter saw the storm and was afraid. Now, why was he afraid? He was afraid that he would sink. He was afraid that this storm is overwhelming. He was afraid that this storm cannot be overcome by the Lord. Amen. And so it looks as if it is something strange that you have seen or some experience that you are suddenly encountering. But the Lord said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? It is for that reason that you began to sink. So the Lord can be in your life. The Lord can be in your midst. In fact, Jesus can come and sit by your bedside. You are praying and asking him for any. He will visit you. If there is doubt, his visitation will be nullified. He was right there with Peter. But because of doubt, Peter was sinking. Amen. Doubt kills the power of the anointing. Amen. Amen. Doubt nullifies the power of the anointing. Amen. Amen. Jesus was walking and there were so many people around him, but because of their doubt, nothing was happening amongst the crowd. No one was experiencing the power that was in Christ, except that one showed up with such faith, without a doubt. And she did not show it before people. It wasn't a show thing. It wasn't a worship so that men will see that I am worshiping. It wasn't that kind. It wasn't that I am crying or I'm yelling or I'm screaming so that they know that I believe. But she said in her heart. She said in her heart. So you can do all sorts of things. In fact, you can do the work of God. Let all men know that you are really after God and you love God, but there is doubt in your heart. You don't believe. You do not really believe. And that is why so many things are not happening. But this woman, she said in her heart, if I can only touch the hem of of his garment, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, hallelujah, Amen. amen. Wonderful. So doubt nullifies the power of the anointing. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Doubt nullifies the power of the anointing. Hallelujah. You see, if we continue to focus on God, according to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, he says, all, all his promises, all of God's promises, everything that is in his word, all his promises, they are yea and amen. All his promises, they are sure. They are yea and they are amen. If only we believe, if only we will continue to focus on him, 
Hallelujah. They are here and they are amen. Amen. You see, when you see a married couple, for instance, and you see them not complaining or appearing not to have issues, it doesn't mean that they don't have issues. You know, every marriage is faced with the same issues. Amen. Amen. The, the issues that you are facing in your marriage, they are the same issues that I am also facing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, Tina, the same ones that you are facing in your marriage are the same ones that I am also facing. Amen. But if someone is not complaining about his or her marriage, it doesn't mean that the person does not have issues. Amen. It doesn't mean that the person has, because the person is not complaining every day about her husband. Every day you complain about your husband. It doesn't mean that all the other husbands are good. You're the only one with a bad husband. They are all the same. I said all the husbands are the same. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the reason why someone is not complaining is because the person is focusing on the promises of God concerning marriage. Hallelujah. The person is focusing on the promises of God concerning marriage. And that is why it appears as if this person has no issue. How many of you have seen a couple that look as if they don't have any issues? Yeah. And sometimes you say in your heart, oh, they are faking. They are not faking. They are focusing on the promises of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see, oh, they, they, you put his arm around her shoulder. They hold hands. They sit together. They wear the same clothes. Oh, please. Oh, don't mind them. No, they are not. It's not that they don't have issues. They are focusing on the promises of God. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18, verse 22. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains a favor of the Lord. So that is what the person is focusing on. I have found a wife, so I believe I have found a good thing. And I know I will obtain favor from God. So I'm not focusing on the other issue that affects all marriages. I am focusing on the promises of the word of God concerning marriage. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, it says two are better than one. It says two are better than one. So even though the wife is really misbehaving, I will focus on the fact that no matter how she's behaving, two are better than one. So I should be happy. So then I should see that my situation is better than someone who does not have another. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see and say, hey, marriage, ah, what they are going through, two are better than one. Because that is what the word of God says. Amen. Look at that. It says... Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. They have a good reward for their labor. That means if I'm working and you are working, we, we, we have a better reward. We have a good reward for our labor. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Look at the New Living Translation. Give me that New Living Translation. Look. It says, two people are better off. They are better off than one. Do you understand? So you see, not that I don't have issues in my marriage, but I know that no matter how it is, we are better off than one if I was by myself. Do you understand? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if you are by yourself, your situation is bad. Do you understand? That is not what I mean. You see, understand the, understand the way. I'm trying to say that if I am, if I am in a relationship, if, I'm, if I am two, and there are issues when you are two, I will not focus on that because two are better than one. Do you understand? For they can help each other succeed. If you are alone, when you take decision, it's just you. But if we are two, we discuss our decisions, and for that reason, we help each other to succeed. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So those of you who are also two, and then you take decision, and it's all by yourself, you are losing big time. You are losing big time. Then your situation, your situation, if you are two and you are, taking, you are taking decisions all by yourself without consulting the other, your situation is worse off than the one who is by himself. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So that is why I will focus on the word of God and the promises of the word of God concerning marriage than to focus on the issues that affect all marriages. The issues that affect all marriages are not the promises of God. So I will focus on the promises of God. It says, if two shall agree, Matthew 18 and verse 19, if two shall agree as touching anything here on earth, if two on earth, two of us on earth, we agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them by the Father who is in the heavens. Ah, I'll focus on that and see that Look, whatever you are doing, we are better off when we are two. Amen. And we will focus on that and not focus on the issues. Not that we don't have, let me show you, let's read it. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. You see, there are some people, they, every day they are complaining about a relationship. Or every day they are complaining about their job. God has blessed you with a job, but you don't say anything good about your job. Every day you are complaining. God has blessed you with a marriage. Every day you are complaining. Amen. Some of you, God has blessed you with children, but every day you are complaining about your children. Every day. And you don't even focus on the blessings. He says, Children are the gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. You are not even concentrating on that. But just complaining all the time. Look at some people. You see, Numbers chapter 13. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers 
shall ye send a man, everyone a ruler among them. Do you see? Everyone a ruler among them. God, has, God is promising them a land. And he says, send men to look at the land. Send men to look at the land. And he says, take one from every tribe. Take one man from every tribe. He says, send down men that they may seek the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children. If the Lord is giving the land unto you, don't you think it's a good land? Do you think God will give you anything bad? Is he a wicked God? You see, so that is what we know about him. That if God is giving us, then it must be good. So he says, send men to the land that I, God, I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, everyone a ruler among them. Verse 3. He says, and Moses, by the commandments of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. So Moses selected one from each tribe. Hallelujah. He chose one man from each tribe and sent them. And if you continue to read, he said, these were the names of the tribe of Reuben, Shamua, son of Zakor, and it goes on to list all the people. One of the tribe goes on, it goes on, it, it continued to list them until verse 15. Go to verse 15. One of the tribe of, of, the tribe of God, Guel, the son of Maki, and verse 16, these are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. Jehoshua. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he called him Jehoshua. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward. And go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. See, this is the man giving them the instruction. Now, what do you think God had in mind when he was giving them that land? Was it a bad land or a good land? Was God expecting that when they go, they will see the goodness of the land? Yes. yes. It's a promised land. Promised land that God has promised from generation to generation. Amen. He says, go and see whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. The next verse, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruits of the land. Bring of the fruit of the land. Now, fruit pertains to good things. Amen. Bring of the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the time of the first stripe first stripe grapes. So they went up and set the land from the wilderness of Zen unto Rehob as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron. So they went into the land and search and search and search a land. And um, let me see where they bring, they come back with a report. I believe verse 
go down to next, next verse, next verse, 25. It says, and they returned from searching of the land after how many days? 40 days. It says they returned after 40 days. Verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Twelve people, twelve men were sent. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Do you see? One verse. Wait, wait. Don't move on. You see? This is, we have returned from the land where you sent us. And here is the evidence. We found that, it says, surely, according to the word of God, it does flow with milk and honey. It flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Amen. And this is the fruit of it. The next verse. Nevertheless. You see, whenever you add nevertheless or but to the promises of God, you are falling out of God's favor. Or falling out of faith. Whenever you add, oh, I, the job is good. You know, I have that job, but... This woman is a very good woman, but he's a very good husband, but these children, they are very good children, but this is a very good church, but he's a very good pastor, but do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The moment, you see, when God blesses you with a good thing, Accept it and accept the fruit thereof. He says, surely it does flow with milk and honey. And here is the evidence of the fruit of the land. But, look at that. They finished with the goodness of it. And then they began. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled. And very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Anak, they are the giants. We saw the children of Anak there. Next verse. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Do you see that in their eyes they have in themselves positioned the enemies? armies said that there's no way that we can invade the land. Do you, do you understand what I'm giving, what I'm sharing with you? The next verse. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are able to overcome it. We are able to overcome it. If God has given us, we are able to overcome it. You see, these people, they focus, the, the, the goodness of the land, it was one verse. And all the bad things, they have many things to say about it. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing? 
Next verse, verse 31. Verse, um, yes. He says, but the man that went up with him said, we be not able to go against. You see, Caleb said, no, we can overcome it. We can take the land. But the man, the other man that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. The land eats the inhabitants. When you live in the land, the land will eat you. Look at that. He said the land eateth the inhabitants thereof. Amen. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. Are, there's no small man. It says all the people that we saw on it, there was not even a small one. Is that possible? You see, so they are not focusing on their goodness. They are not focusing on how rich the land is. They are not focusing to even give you the hope of getting it or giving you something to look forward to. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, these are not, these are, People that Moses selected, do you think Moses would choose some riffraff people to go? These were leaders. The people that the whole, people, the whole tribes look up to. And if they are saying that we, we, look at us, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And so did we look to them. That means that we ourselves, we realized that we were like grasshoppers. And they also saw that we were like grasshoppers. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing? And all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? See, it was better that we had died in the land of Egypt or died in the wilderness than to even make even the effort to go. Is this the promised land for which we left Egypt? Is this the reason why you took us out from Egypt? Next verse. And where, wherefore had the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it, not, were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. <laughs> what a shock. God has given you a good marriage. You say, let me go back to my mother's house. You have packed your things. For all the promises that God has concerning marriage, you say, I'm going to my mother's house. I'm going back. I'm going back. 
Amen. He said, I'm going back. He says, let us go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. Look at two different groups of people. I tell you, the same issues are facing every marriage. The same issues at the job is facing everyone. The same boss behavior is facing everyone. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The same financial challenges and financial difficulties, they are facing everyone. The same risk of I can lose my job any day is facing everyone, but we are not focusing on that. We are focusing on the fact that God has brought us to a good place. The same difficulties. The same difficulties. So, two groups of people, but they are facing the same thing and have different reports. Different reports. One is saying, the land is exceedingly good land. It's, a, it's, it, it, it's completely opposite of what they are talking about. Two group of people. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? The next verse. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Look at that. They are giants and people are like grasshopper before them, but another group, they are bread for us. He said, oh, marriage, marriage, Ibikoko, I can marry. Oh, I can marry. He said, hey, marriage, hey, you don't know what I've gone through. Marriage, hey, you want to marry, oh. And then another person you talk to, marriage is so sweet. It is sweet. It is sweet. Amen. Two people facing the same issues, but different reports. It says, they say that we are, for, they are bread for us. We will eat them. They are bread for us. They are giants before another group, but another group says they are bread that we will pick up to eat. They are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. 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 So he says, fear them not. Fear them not. The Lord is with us. We will eat them like with bread and cocoa, cocoa, cocoa. It be cocoa for us. We will eat them. They are bread for us. But another group is saying they are giants in the land. We are like grasshoppers. The next verse, it says, but all the congregation bid stone them with stones. <laughs> I'm telling you. You see, look, your bad reports about your marriage, constantly complaining about your marriage, it will turn another person off. Yeah. 
that people don't want to go to the land anymore because of your bad reports. Because of your bad reports. Because of your bad experience at working at a place, this person doesn't even want to go there. Because of your bad report, but there are other people who find the place as flowing with milk and honey. Amen. The same woman that you complain about, say so many things about, you have said so many things, nobody wants to marry her, but she's a good woman. She's a good woman. She's a good woman. She's a good woman. But because of your bad report, she was your beloved and it didn't work. You are spreading all kinds of evil about her. All kinds of evil about her. Amen. That's for one thing that she did. What about all the goodness? All the, what about all the milk that flows with? What about all the milk and honey that is flowing? Amen. He says the people now in the congregation, they have been stirred. They want to stone Caleb and his company. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? And how long will it be? Uh, how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have shown among them. Let me tell you. Focus on the good things that God is doing in your life. Focus on them. Amen. And then he said, I will smite them with a pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. Look at that. This is the promises of God. He says, for these people who are complaining, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. That means they will not inherit this land. And what For the rest who are looking at the good side of it, I will make it be a greater nation and mightier than they. Amen. Amen. And mightier than they. Amen. Hallelujah. And mightier than they. And then verse 23. Go down to verse 23. It says, Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Now look at the person who says good things. The person who focuses on the promises of God and focuses on what God can do. He says, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Verse 25. But my servant Caleb. Because he had another spirit with him. May you have another spirit with you. May you have the spirit that sees the blessings of God. May, your eyes, may you have a spirit that gives you eyes to see the blessings of God in your life. May the Lord cause you to have the spirit of Caleb. The spirit of Caleb. The spirit of Caleb. The spirit of Caleb. That the Lord has brought you into a good land. That the Lord will prosper you in this land. Yes, you are now unemployed, but the Lord will prosper you. He will make you mightier. The Lord will make you a mightier person. Because the Lord has brought you in a good place. The Lord has brought you to a good land. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit. It is a spirit 
a different spirit that makes you focus on the good things of God. It is a different spirit. Having a different spirit that makes you concentrate and focus on the good things and the promises of God. Hallelujah. It is a spirit. He says, he had another spirit with him and had followed me fully, not partially, not with a doubt, not that the Lord has promised, but, not that the, Lord, the land flows with milk and honey, but, nevertheless, uh, in some way or the other, one way or the other, I think that, but, he says that he followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land wherein to he, he went and his seed shall possess it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Focus on the good things that God has promised us. Focus on the good things that God has promised us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe we have a few minutes. I want to give you the last enemy of faith. And then um, the last enemy of faith is lack of patience. Lack of patience. The lack of patience. Hallelujah. The lack of patience is an enemy of faith. Lack of patience nullifies the things that faith can bring you. One time there was a woman who was quarreling with her husband. And the quarreling was heated up and heated up. And she said, Lord, I need patience. I need patience right now. Right now, bring me patience. I need patience and I need it now. Hallelujah. She needs patience. Amen. He needs it and she needs it now. I can't wait. I need patience now. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. So he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us not waver in our faith. Let us hold fast. Let us hold fast without wavering. Let us hold fast. That means that we should not have any wavering when we are holding on to our faith. It says hold fast means hold tightly. Hold it without wavering. Because the one who has given us all these promises, he is faithful. God is faithful. We serve a faithful God. Hallelujah. I said we serve a faithful God. Let us not waver in our faith. Amen. You know, the word profession also means confession of our hope. Confession of our hope. Who has another version? Can we read another version in this? Where it says confession. If there's another version. If somebody's reading a different version. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Hallelujah. So you see, here they are, uh, faith and hope go hand in hand. Amen. Faith and hope go hand in hand. Without hope, faith fails. Do you understand? If there is no hope, faith will fail you. 
Hope is what gives you an expectation. Hope is what gives you something to look forward to. But faith is what brings about the change. It is your faith that you proclaim something and then it will come to pass. Jesus said if we will say it without a doubt, if we will say it and have no doubt in our hearts, we will have whatsoever we say. Do you understand? So it is the faith that brings about the change. It is faith that brings about what you want. But hope makes you look forward to something. And that makes you proclaim your faith to claim it. Do you understand what I'm sharing this evening? Or you don't understand? <laughs> if you don't understand, take it like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So hope gives you expectation and faith brings about the change. Do you understand? Faith brings about the change. So for instance, a man promises to marry you. A young man promises to marry you. That is hope. You see, he gives you something to hope for. Do you understand? But what is going to actually cause him to marry you, to put the, fin- the ring on your finger, is your faith. And say, I declare and I decree that this man will marry me. And you don't doubt it. You see? Because he has made, given you the promise, now you have hope. If you want him to marry you, then your faith, you should confess, make a faithful confession. And say that, I proclaim you to be my husband. And say, you will marry me. You will marry me in the name of Jesus. And I have no doubt in my heart. She's my wife. She's my wife. I declare that she's my wife. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And have no doubt in your heart. He will be your wife. He will be your husband. He will be your husband. She will be your wife. If only you can say it without a doubt. But the promise that he gives you, oh, I will marry you. Or would you marry me? And she says yes. It gives you something to look forward to. But without faith, she can fail you. Do you understand? Now you understand. (laughs) It has come to your level of understanding. Now, listen very carefully. Between your hope and your faith of getting him to marry you, there is something that you need in between. Between your hope, as he has promised you, or as she has promised you, or as she has given you her word, or his word, and your faith of proclaiming that she is your wife, he is my husband, in between that, you need what we call patience. Hallelujah. You need patience. Amen. You need patience. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. Hebrews 10 and verse 36. It says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive his promise. You have need of patience. Look, you need patience. If you are going to receive anything from God, you need patience. If you don't have patience, you can't go far with God. You cannot go very far with God. Hallelujah. If you don't have patience, 
you hope in something and you, you realize that you are not getting it and for you, the time is too long. And the moment you see that and not even understand that there's a patient gap, there is a time gap of patience that needs to come in between, something else will come to fulfill your hope. Do you understand? If you don't have, if you don't have faith, the enemy will give you something else to bring about your hope. The enemy will give you something else. And he will make you feel, he will make you feel that this is how to achieve your hopes. This is how to bring your hopes to pass. And in effect, he steals away your faith. In effect, he steals away your faith. So yes, the man has promised to marry you. He has given you hope. And you are making confession and you are proclaiming that he's your husband. But you don't have the patience to wait. Then you realize that now I think I have to sleep with him so he will marry me. You think you have to sleep with him. And the enemy makes you feel that this is how you bring your hopes to pass. If he has promised you, then sleep with him so he will marry you. If he has promised you, then have a child with him so he will marry you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If he has promised you, then give these false dreams. That is how people come up with false dreams. Oh, the Lord revealed, I saw a dream, and then I don't know why, but someone was wearing a white gown, and then the face, I couldn't make it, it was you, it looked like you, and I mean, I couldn't see the face, well, but the backside and the walking looks exactly like you. Come up with all kinds of dreams. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? When I, that when I saw the hair, it is exactly how you have done your hair in the dream. You see, and then now something else is coming to replace or to accomplish your hopes or to bring your hopes to pass. Something else, in effect, it steals your faith. Because if you are going by your faith, you're going to need patience. I say you are going to need patience. Amen. Hallelujah, you are going to need patience. So you sleep, so sometimes you say, oh, I want to, I, I'm getting old and I need to have my children now. So you see, you are hoping, you have hope that you have children, but it is not coming. The time is not there yet. So you say, let me sleep with any man so I'll have my children early. And it feels like that is how you achieve or bring your hopes to pass. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You are hope in acquiring certain things in life. You are hope in acquiring certain things in life. It is the birth of credit card bills. It is the birth of your credit card bills. Amen. Some of you have no wisdom about credit cards. You don't use credit card wisely at all. Credit cards are never meant to be money that you have. Credit cards are not your money. It is money that you don't have. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you make credit cards become a supplement to your faith. I want this. I have hope of having this. I can have it. I will have it. I can have it. I can have, oh, and then credit card can give you that thing. It replaces your faith. And you realize with ease, it just comes. Just, you just swipe it. 
signature, how much would it cost me? Yes, sign. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you tonight? Yes. You hope for it, and credit card makes it happen. But prematurely, prematurely, without patience, hallelujah, but I tell you, faith works. I say, faith works. Debbie, faith works. Faith works. Hallelujah. Faith works. Only if you have patience. Only if you have patience. Faith works. After you have after you have asked, you need to have patience that his promises be fulfilled. Amen. I say faith works. If you plant seeds, if you plant seeds and you don't have patience, you may you will eat the fruit prematurely and it will never be tasty. Do you understand? If you plant seeds and you don't have patience, you will eat the fruit prematurely and it will never be tasty. It's never tasty. It's not nice. You will not enjoy the product. Hallelujah. You are a single lady and you are buying cooking wares. You are buying cooking wares. Expensive cooking wares. With the hope that when you marry, you will cook for your husband. Buy expensive cookware. You go, and then sometimes you see, you see them on sale, and then you think that this is it. If I don't get them now, I will never get them. But you are hoping to marry, so you go and buy them. And some of you, you don't even have place to sleep. You don't have place to sleep. You have packed cookware, expensive cookware. Pack them, hoping that you will get married one day. And you, owe, you have credit card bills. On top of that, one. And two, the husband is not coming, but you are ready to cook. (laughs) You are ready to cook, but the husband is not coming. You know? Sometimes by yourself, you just use them and cook. (laughs) Like rehearsals. (laughs) You cook and then you set the table. And then you take pictures. (laughs) And see how... You, it will look like, and put on Facebook. Hoping that the husband will come. And you realize that the husband is not coming. And then you resort to other means. You resort to other means of making the husband happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. He says, we desire that every one of you do show the diligence, the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence, persistence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Verse 12, he says, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit their promises. Their promises, they are inherited through faith and patience. If you remove patience, you kill your faith. If you remove patience, your faith is non-effect. After you have prayed, there is a need for patience. Hallelujah. I said there is a need for patience. Amen. 
Verse 13 says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. This is the promise of God. It says, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And verse 15, And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. He obtained the promise. He obtained the promise. He obtained the promise. There is the hope. God gave him hope. He says, surely I will bless thee and multiplying, I will multiply you. There is the hope. But he needed the patience to endure. And the Bible says, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. He obtained the promise. Hallelujah. He obtained the promise. But you, hey, I don't see any sign. I don't see any sign of a husband. When I look around, the men, they are even finishing in the church. I don't see any potential one. Reverend, who, 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 Reverend? At this stage, who? You see, you are looking for a sign. You don't need a sign. You need patience. Amen. You need patience. God will give you a husband. I said God will give you a husband. God will give you a job. God will give you a purpose. God will give you a house. God will give you a marriage. God will give you all that you dream about. But you need patience. God will give you children. Good children. Prosperous children. Hallelujah. God will give them to you. But you need patience. Amen. You need patience. Let's read the last scripture. Romans chapter 8. You need patience. Romans chapter 8. And verse 24. Verse 24. It says, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. If I'm looking for a sign, where are, the, where are the men? The men are finishing. You are looking to see so that you build the hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. You have seen it already. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Where are the women? The women around here, everyone, where are they? Not this, rep, this one, that one, that one. Hope that you see. I don't know. Where are they? I don't know. It's a hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? When you see, why do you hope for it? Amen. I didn't write the Bible. It is the word of God. It says, for what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? Verse 25, he says, but if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience, wait for it. Let's read the New Living Translation in this, and we'll close. He says, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Isn't that so? If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. He says, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, 
We must wait patiently and confidently. Hallelujah. We must wait patiently and confidently. You don't see any sign of driving Mercedes Benz, but you will drive a Mercedes Benz. You don't have any sign of driving a brand new car, a brand new Mercedes, not a used one, but you will drive one. You don't see any sign, but you will drive one. I said, you don't see any sign, but you drive one. You don't see any sign of living in a mansion, but you will live in a mansion. You don't see a sign. I don't know how. I don't have a job that looks like it, but you will live in one. I said, you will live in a mansion. You will live in one. You will drive a brand new car. You will park brand new cars in your garage. Your garage will be parked with brand new cars. How, where is it? I'm looking for a sign. I don't see a sign, but I will drive them. I don't see a sign, but I will drive them. I don't see a sign, but I will drive them. I don't see a sign of a marriage, but I will get married. I don't see a sign of the men in the church, but I will get married. I don't see a sign of the woman in the church, but I will have one. I will get married. I will have my wedding. I don't see a sign, but I will get married. I don't see a sign, but I will get married. I don't see a sign. I don't see any sign, but I will have my children. I will have my children. They will be proper children. Where is the sign? I don't see one, but I will have them. In the name of Jesus. He says we will confidently and patiently wait for it. We will wait for it. Where is the job? This job, I don't see myself as someone wearing my nice, nice skirt with my nice jacket going to work. With my nice white shirt, with my neck like this. But I am having one. I, am have, I don't see any sign, but I'm having one. I don't see any sign of a, a, a university graduation or a degree, but I will graduate from college. Amen. I don't see any sign, but it will come to pass. I say it will come to pass. It will come to pass. I don't see any sign of it, but it will come to pass. I don't see a sign where I can lend to people. I don't see a sign where I can give a thousand dollars as my tithe. I don't see any sign now. If you ask me today, I don't know, but it will happen. It will happen. I will patiently and confidently wait for it. Because he who has promised, he is faithful. He who has promised, he is faithful. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. He's faithful. He's faithful. When I look around, I don't see any other doctor that I can see. I can see. I don't see any other doctor to visit, but I am healed. I am healed. I don't see medication that they can prescribe potentially, but I'm healed. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I don't see a good lawyer around. I don't see a lawyer who can take up my case, but my case is settled in the name of Jesus. I don't see it, but it's happening. I will confidently and patiently wait for it. Father, we are thankful. Yes. Sing to him. Why should we? We have made him too small, too small. We have made him too small. Oh, we have made him too small. Oh, what a God we said. He said, for how long shall these people provoke me? For all the signs that I've shown them. That they sleep and they wake up without any of their effort. But they still cannot see what I can do for them. Oh.
Father, we have belittled your promises. But tonight, oh God, we say, give us the spirit of Caleb. Give us the spirit of Caleb that focuses on your promises. For we know, God, that you are faithful. He who has promised us is a faithful God. We know we're following a faithful God. And we know we are serving a faithful God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have shared with us. We thank you for this great revelation. We thank you, Lord, that you have delivered us, oh God, from the lack of knowledge. We thank you, oh God, that you have removed doubt from our hearts. That our hearts are free of doubt. That our prayers do not carry doubt with them. We thank you, oh God, that we do not lack patience. We thank you, Lord, for giving us that spirit of killing. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. Before we close the service, before we end the service, if there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again, I want to give you a chance to give your life to Christ. You want to say, you invite Jesus Christ into your life. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. You are saying, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, with all eyes closed and every head bow, just lift up your right hand wherever you are privately. Just slip up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this with me and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, cleanse me from all my sins. Wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my, Be my savior. Thank you, Jesus, Thank you, for, saving me. for saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Together. Oh, somebody was making. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.